Hey, kid, can you score me a robot that can make booze? What are booze? Ah, uh, whatever. Get in the saucer. You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go. Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. We're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest Golden Age VHS rental store flicks. In what, Brennan? Spoiler heavy fashion. That's right. Woohoo! Here we are. End of the year. Yay! I don't like the odd years. Uh, I don't like any of the years anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any of the years starting in two. Well, you're going to have to like at least the beginning of next year because it's the podcast's seventh birthday. Woo! Seven. Oh, another odd number. Started back in 2017. Jeez. 2017 is going to be seven years ago? Yeah. You were only 13 when we started. Weird. You well, know, it takes the human body seven years to completely replace all the cells in its body. Oh, you'll be a whole new Brennan by then. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Yeah, next year it'll be Gen 3. Oh, it's like a ship of Theseus. Exactly, actually. <laughs> Except for your soul, God gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. With a nice undercoat of primal rage. <laughs> oh, but that's why we have things like religion and laws. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> that's from this movie. <laughs> so we're watching... Forbidden Planet. Classic. One. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say we were watching. We're covering. We're talking about it. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Yes. I'm all mixed up. <laughs> First time viewing for you, Brennan? No. Oh, I, of course not. <laughs> but I will say I had not seen this movie in many years, probably over a decade. So a lot of my memories I had about it were very fuzzy. Oh, okay. So it was very new for a lot. For a lot of it. I don't remember the first time I've seen this. I must have been very young. But I did get to watch it in the fifth grade. Oh, that's in sick. In school. Yeah. Because um, one of the main things in this movie we had a, was topical. Mm. We can't get there yet. Otherwise, it'll ruin this movie from 1956. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I've watched it a whole bunch of times. and Yeah, we're fans, I'd say. We've got the little Robbie the Robot downstairs. Mm-hmm. We've got the Forbidden Planet poster up sick on the wall. Sick poster. That's a sick poster. Yeah, it's it's one of those, like, just a, th- a thing carrying a lady. Yeah. <laughs> poster. Even though she never gets carried by Rob the whole movie. No, does not. Um, I would play a trailer, but I didn't like it. It's a lot of words, and then it just is like I don't know, just kind of tells you about the movie more or less, mm. with like kind of scenes in it. I don't know. It's just really old movie trailer, and I don't feel like digging around for more modern ones. I like to keep them original. Yeah, yeah. But it's this movie's readily available anyway. You can go watch it on Tubi. 
love to be. So yeah, I'll go over some info here. Not for my MDB. Oh. No, I've switched to Letterboxd. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Because you brought it up over around uh, Christmas. Oh, yeah. You like it? Yeah. Got some uh, pretty pretty judgy ratings on there. <laughs> so that's what it's there for. <laughs> I haven't written any reviews yet, but that time will come. Yeah. I'll probably do it more when I cover something fresh or think about it. That makes sense. You know, I'll just write a paragraph or two. Keep it short and sweet. Say something funny about it. But, um, yeah. So that's what we're going to use for info, I think, from now on. Because MDB's just gotten gross. Yeah. Don't care for it anymore. I don't like its UI. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. They switched it up and it's just kind of... A little confusing, kind of cluttered. Yeah. Got those pop-up ads, too, all over it. Yeah, I mean, everywhere kind of does, but that one in particular... Just not doing it for me anymore. But enough about that. Let's talk about Forbidden Planet from 1956. It was directed by Fred M. Wilcox. Ha, <laughs> Will. <laughs> the description on there goes as follows. Starship C-57D travels to planet Altair 4 in search of the crew of spaceship... Whoa, what the heck is the name of that? Bellerophon? I don't even remember that from the movie. Yeah. A scientific expedition that has been missing for 20 years, only to find themselves unwelcome by the expedition's lone survivor and warned destruction by an invisible force if they don't turn back immediately. That's good. So let's uh, sarcast here. We got, uh, we got ourselves Walter Pigeon, Anne Francis, a young Leslie Nielsen, which most people around my age were first introduced to him through the Naked Gun mm. or Police Squad. I remember Police Squad when it, that was on TV, which the predecessor to the Naked Gun. Right. Um, kind of hunky in this. <laughs> just got to admit, like, it's weird to see him young and virile instead of just white-haired old man. Yeah. Acting a goof. I didn't even realize it was him. Yeah. Dang. Uh, Warren Stevens, Jack Kelly, Marvin Miller, Earl Holloman, and I don't know. I guess everybody else, you've probably seen him on an old Western show. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a bunch of western guys they all kind of look the same yeah they do it's a kind of there's a lot about this movie that's kind of weird to look at in a modern lens yeah just i'm just gonna put it that way yeah it'll come up in conversation it will so this movie opens up flying saucer theremin music mm-hmm. credits in the beginning of a movie <laughs> when's the last time you remember seeing credits at the beginning of a movie well i do watch a decent amount of old movies so oh, okay but not in any modern ones no they just shove all that in the end now i like the way the credits look too they're all like slanted and weird yeah it was, it was fun it's a fun little opening um speaking of the theremin though say it in a australian accent theremin 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 <laughs> Not to offend any Australian listeners out there. It just got stuck in my head the other day because I was listening to a podcast with Australians. And I just kept thinking, how would they say theremin? So I kind of pieced it together. Probably not accurate. Ask them. Yeah. Right in. <laughs> right in. Yeah. Corruptedyouthpod at gmail.com. Write it in. This is how I say theremin. And it's just theremin. <laughs> but yeah, this movie is like the first movie with an electronic score. Mm really it's great yeah and it's what's really cool about it too is that 
it almost serves a dual purpose because not only is it the score, but it's also kind of a sound effect too. Kind of is weird. Mm-hmm. Kind of just it's in this like in between zone. Yeah, I liked it. It was great for the atmosphere too. Excellent. Yeah, perfect. Your mom was telling me when I was watching it because she was upstairs. She kept saying that it was kind of spooky because she had no context. Right, right. So she would just hear weird theremin music that was ominous. Uh huh. Super fun though. Yeah, great aesthetic. I mean, overall, great aesthetic. Oh, for sure. And it's very non-traditional too by musical means. Mm-hmm. It's very organic and flowy. It's just awesome for the atmosphere of this. Yeah. Plus, it looks cool when people play um, waving their hands around and stuff. Yeah. I would like to get one. I think it'd be fun. That would be fun. I wonder if they're expensive. I have no idea. I looked into it not that long ago, but can't remember any pricing on it. Mm. But, um, oh, in my notes I have, play clip of intro. In the final decade of the 21st century, men and women in rocket ships landed on the moon. By 2200 AD, they had reached the other planets of our solar system. Almost at once, there followed the discovery of Kuiper Drive, through which the speed of light was first attained and later greatly surpassed. And so at last, mankind began the conquest and colonization of deep space. United Planets Cruiser C-57D, now more than a year out from Earth base on a special mission to the planetary system of the great main sequence star, Altair. Now we get inside the saucer and we have... uh... The crew approaching their destination of Altair 4. And I like the, I like the, the whole just setting all this up right away because mm-hmm. it feels very natural. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have anything like really explained to you. There weren't characters like, well, we do this because, you know, there was no exposition. It was just the characters being natural in their environments. Yeah, and very naval too. Yeah. I don't recall any other sci-fi movie before this really having this kind of like a crew, it's a crew of people. Yeah, it's They're like a, a ship. big ship. And everything looks pretty cool on it, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of it is just, you know, equipment that they just shoved in into a wall. But, like, their whole thing that they have in the center, they can see, like, the tilt of the ship and the angles and everything. And You can tell, too, this movie took the time to put a little science into it they talk about what the speed they're traveling they they're still going you know light speed or whatever and they still have to like go into stasis yeah is that what that was yeah i think so they didn't i didn't i was like did i not catch that or or what or is it just a thing that they do and you go oh that's just what they do because they step on it almost looks like star trek transporters yeah but they step into them like they're recessed a little bit and then they just have a weird green beam that irradiates them or maybe it's to protect them from space radiation or something but they come out and it seemed like it was exhausting yeah i think they said that their travel time was like a year so maybe they just spent the year in in that yeah because they do explain that they've spent over a year Mm -hmm. in space but if all they did was sleep that's not spending a year in space (laughs) yeah then it's like you just took a big nap that's cheating But I'm sure there was a lot of functional things that needed to be done. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So their mission is to search for the survivors of a science expedition from 20 years earlier. On their approach, they end up getting a radio signal from Dr. Morbius. Definitely not ominous at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and it's not, it's not Dr. Morbius from that really cool movie, Morbius, that just came out recently. The one Brennan loves so much. He's got the Morbius tattoo. I mean, your whole entire chest. That was a bold move. Hey, 
I think it should have won like best picture. It, it made a more billion dollars in the box office. <laughs> you are correct. My one roommate who was home while I was watching this, anytime he would hear Morbius, he'd be like, Morbius. <laughs> it's like, not that Morbius, different one. <laughs> Morbius, but you just had BS the other day. <laughs> Haven't you had enough BS? Oh, I will see myself out now. I, that was terrible. It's not the worst fun. <laughs> Anyways, Dr. Morbius, he's like, hey, um, United Earth Vessel, kick rocks, because I don't want you coming here. <laughs> but they're like, no, like, you need to give us coordinates. We have to check up on you. Mm-hmm. We just traveled over a year. We're not going to leave. We have to make sure everything's okay. And plus they notice too, there's no like civilization set up. There's no roads. There's no buildings for the most part. Like you'd expect to see with a ton of people being there. Yeah. They never really quite. Oh, did they say how many people were there? I don't know. You get to see the, the makeshift cemetery later. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't really catch how many people were supposed to be on that expedition, but yeah. Also United earth vessel, United earth. Yay. A whole United earth. Hey, way to go. We did it by the 23rd century. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, but also like i don't know where how is this a representation of all of earth on this crew not at all it's a, a representation of idaho perhaps <laughs> where's like the whitest part of the united states utah <laughs> oh yeah this is yeah, probably a bunch utah of mormons crew. oh yeah <laughs> that makes sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> one of them does seem to have a bible later does he yeah the captain during oh. one of the funeral scenes he's holding one in his hand oh yeah that's right yeah but he... you don't see the front of it so you can't really tell what it is mm, yeah yeah he does he does a little god talking at the end of the movie too so yeah not necessarily in like a christian sense but more of a philosophical that's true but also you know maybe he didn't want everybody to know he's a mormon <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we couldn't tell I mean, he did. He, you know, he didn't want her to know. But also, yeah, you'll have to pretty... come home and meet my other wife. It's really, <laughs> it's really hard to tell in 1956 movie. Yeah, because they were doing all their just pumping it full of good, wholesome morals and whatnot. Yeah, Doctor Morbius, he does cave and he gives them coordinates to land, and then we get the cool saucer landing scene, mm-hmm. which looked fantastic. It really did. Great, beautiful map paintings, too. Oh, for sure. That landscape and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the painting, background paintings and stuff and map paintings are really good in this. They look like paintings, but it it's like a old comic book cover or pulp novel cover yeah. come to life. Yeah. It's really nice. But the animation done for whatever beam they have that helps it land properly mm-hmm. is done extremely well. Yeah, I also really liked the part two when they were just going to land where they were showing the planet eclipsing the star. Mm. That was also super cool. Like, what an interesting shot idea. They they did that just because they thought it would look pretty. Yeah, there's also another shot too, I think, when the of the, of the saucer at one point. And this is, you got to remember, this is pre-Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have a lot of the moving cameras and anything like that. Usually any of your space stuff was pretty flat yeah but they have it like they just tilted enough where you know it was like it made it feel interesting yeah like they took the the care to think about it 
it, it was definitely enough to still suspend your disbelief too. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on in this. Yeah, my the effects rarely ever took me out of the movie. Yeah, it's pretty rare. And a lot of those in- interesting shots we will definitely talk about. <laughs> yes, when they come yes. Up. I also like the part two after they when they land and they start to step out and everything. When one of the crewmates says, uh, oh, isn't that weird to see two moons instead of one? And then the other guy says something about like, oh, isn't it like interesting just how quickly we can get used to it though yeah there's this like cool dialogue like that too. put it throughout this movie yeah it's it's written fairly well i'd say yeah there's it's written with sci-fi in mind definitely and that's what i really enjoy about this movie yeah as they're sitting outside the ship one of the crew members notices something approaching at high speed in the distance and this is another shot that just looks cool yeah because you see it and it's moving quick and there's all sorts of dust coming up and it rides on in, and it's a robot, as we all know at this point. It's Robbie the Robot. This is his debut. Yay. <laughs> and he's come to take uh, some of the men to go see Morbius. And yeah, I also think the, the cook wants to bang the robot. Well, he asked what gender. Like, yeah, is it a guy which, or a girl? Which is weird, because yeah. it's just a robot. And even the robot's kind of offended. Yeah, robot just says uh, those terms don't apply to me so i guess robbie's gender neutral i mean as a robot would be <laughs> why would you need to give robbie the robot a gender even though obviously named robbie sounds male call c3po uh non-binary on facebook just see how many angry comments you get oh my god i kind of want to do that <laughs> to be fair though those robots also have sentience so i guess they can choose but robbie call robbie they them yeah. that'll do it <laughs> yeah let's take a moment and talk about robbie what a fantastic design i mean yeah i'm clearly iconic at this point easily but just the care that went into building this was unlike any robot up until that point and probably until star wars yeah because I can't think of another robot in between there that really... Lost in space robot. Oh, yeah, that's true. Same designer. It is the same designer. As a matter of fact, Robert Kinoshita built Robbie and also the robot from Lost in Space. And one of the main things was experience building luggage helped. Hmm. Because if you think of like how Robbie's bulbous legs are and stuff. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, just fascinating design so cool all the moving parts in it too Mm -hmm. and the sounds too are great the lights yeah and robbie's appeared in like all sorts of things i mean including lost in space (laughs) yeah um robbie definitely cooler than robot from lost in space though yeah i'd say so still dig him he's got to be like in a museum now i don't think they're busting him out for shows no probably would just fall apart i hope it's in a museum there's probably more than one. There's got to be more than one by now. That would be crazy costume. <laughs> <laughs> just get some EVA foam. Just get a lot of EVA foam. <laughs> so they arrive at Morbius's house, and um, he seems very kind of posh and well-educated. Yeah. Clearly doesn't look evil by any means. <laughs> he just has to talk smart yeah the first thing he says to these guys it's like poetry yeah and he he's kind of a dick about it too yeah just them being there yeah but he does at least offer them lunch they they have their lunch and morbius explains how uh robbie has a built-in 
replicator, like food replicator, and you can just put any piece of food in there and you'll analyze it and you can make you more. So that's pretty cool. But he also has a disintegration beam and that freaks the guys out because <laughs> you've got like, we should probably talk about who's with them at this point, who all went. Sometimes called the Skipper, but it's uh, Commander Adams. Then you have Doc, who's just the doctor, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And extra horny guy. Yep. <laughs> so we'll just call him horny guy. Yeah. We Was that Quinn? Was that his name? I don't remember. I didn't get a chance to catch it. They only say it like once or twice. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, so Morbius gives a demonstration to these guys who are like, whoa, that's super dangerous. And he's like, hand me your blasters and or a blaster and we'll have Robbie, you know, shoot shoot one of us mm-hmm. we can't do it mm-hmm. his headlights up start sparking he can't calculate that decision because he can't bring any harm to and as it said um rational beings which who judges that but whatever uh, yeah well morbius built them so i guess it's whatever he decides yeah great i'm surprised that it actually didn't kill a member of the crew because this guy's pretty full of himself <laughs> Commander Adams and the doc, I think, are baffled because Morbius's education was in zoology and like linguistics. Mm-hmm. So they're like, how? Yeah. How'd you build a robot? That's not your area of expertise within your party. So <laughs> things are looking shady from the word go. I mean, the fact that he doesn't want him to show up. Yeah. Kind of a red flag. But then uh, he shows the guys this defense system that he has, which is super fun where like, it's just panels just up here and make a chunky sound and yeah. they just cover up the house. Like all the, because it's all open air at that place. Very open concept. Very much. But I mean, it's like, a, it's like a bizarre, I guess a paradise kind of question mark. Cause yeah. it's pretty rocky. And then just this oasis of nice. You don't get to see a lot of the planet as a whole. Yeah. You really don't, which is fine. Don't really have to. I mean, you could have just dropped a line of like, hey, this this planet's pretty lush. I had you park in the in the dirt spot. They did say that they were landing in the desert. Oh, okay. So maybe there is cooler parts to it. but Yeah, but I mean, like, there's animals and stuff, which we're going to get to here pretty quick. Oh, yeah. So when he's showing off this defense system, he also explains how um, the other members of his crew were killed by an unseen force of some kind that tore them limb from limb or even vaporized and also his wife is missing too yeah his, his wife was amongst the, the she members. apparently died from natural causes yeah but they they are also like mm, okay dude yeah but he's not the only one there because there's also altera named after the planet kind of nice mm-hmm. i mean that's like eartha kit i suppose <laughs> I don't think that's Earth kid is spelled like the planet Earth. But. <laughs> it's a pretty name too. Yeah. Um, it, it, <laughs> Crap. Um, yeah. So she shows up and every one of those dudes are going gaga goofy over her. And um, horny guy moves in to start cap- cock blocking the other guys like instantly. Yeah. He pulls her aside and is like, hey, let me talk to you. And he's like even dissing the other guys. And she's like, well, you know, I've also got friends. And she takes them outside and it's two weird deer (laughs) that Mm -hmm. show up and also a tiger. Yeah. But apparently like 
the tiger won't attack her for some reason. She also has that whistle. Yeah, that was to call the deer. Yeah. And I suppose the tiger. I couldn't tell if they were doing an effect shot with her and the tiger because the film quality was kind of different. I don't know if he's noticed that or not. I think it might have been. Where they kind of like spliced it. Yeah. Where they did it. Because I thought I saw some inconsistency with the tiger. Like it almost looked see-through or something. And it was only for a split second. Or I'm crazy, but... Yeah, I'm not sure that they were on the same. Yeah, I thought there was like a weird thing where it almost looked like you could see where they. Or like clipped. Yeah, where they spliced it together. But I mean, pretty still. I mean, obviously you don't want somebody to get mauled by a tiger. Yeah. Unless you're that weirdo who made the movie with uh, where everybody got mauled at some point during the making of the movie. Oh, what was that? Yeah, it was just like about all that. It was supposed to crazy animals getting loose. Yeah claws or something teeth i think it had some simple name yeah super irresponsible filmmaking yeah like yeah i'll just still put my family in it too <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm not gonna watch that no i don't want to watch that i either. don't want to see that but morbius also states to uh the commander in the dock that he is he is willing to let his daughter leave to earth but he wants to stay behind what are the circumstances that the crew has to stay are they transmitting back yeah, they didn't have um, commands for their situation, so they had to get back. And apparently that long distance communication is really hard. So they had to like disassemble whole parts of their ship and like remove the core, some crazy stuff. Yeah, I know like the engineer guy's like, well, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they had to like cannibalize like a third of their ship to do it. Don't really see much of that, but. No, you just kind of see him with stuff, but you never really find out if they ever did get orders or not they also said that it would take i think they said it would take like 10 days to set up just part of it that's right so it would be a while yeah so they had the camp for 10 days and they also needed to get some like shielding or something yeah which the doctor said he could provide them and then um which which robbie drops off those supplies at the ship and everybody's like whoa what's with this robot he's so strong yeah. and robbie's like eh, it's actually pretty light yeah <laughs> it's only like 10 tons he said <laughs> and yeah and that's when they're they're like building this contraption outside too and things seem to be going rather well yeah it's this part so they've got this magnetic lifter thing that they're using the tractor to, to like haul stuff around and where did this fit on that spaceship that's my only beef with this movie is that the size of that ship like the prop on the outside doesn't really match up with any of the inside shots all that much and definitely not all the equipment they have yeah because they just definitely bust out a lot of large items maybe it's inflatable yeah i suppose who knows what innovations we'll have in 23rd century yeah that they don't bother to show us on film yeah maybe maybe somebody ate a pill <laughs> pooped out a, a magnetic <laughs> lifter or whatever he that planted is. it in the ground and it grew <laughs> it folds up <laughs> oh, God, I, I can't i gotta let it go it's just a fun movie maybe they have to assemble it and then show three hours of putting it all together or he just just didn't really think about it you know what the, didn't the, care. The, hey the set's only so big <laughs> yeah somebody's like well i can only build you so big of a flying saucer i can build you uh like half of a flying saucer maybe two-thirds because <laughs> you never see all of it in one shot that's all right though oh yeah so this is where the cook who's named cookie which i don't appreciate this 
As you kids call me Cookie. <laughs> Granted, it's because... You are the cook. I am the cook. But am I this cookie? It's more of a designation, maybe. <laughs> I'm a little bit like this cookie, though. I'd, I'd be the fun-loving, like, hey, I'm here to have yeah. fun, bang robots, and get hammered. <laughs> That's what space is for me. He's definitely the most relatable out of anyone on this crew. <laughs> He's definitely not Mormon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's like, hey, Robbie, um, uh, I need to know if you can uh, get me some booze. <laughs> it's like some Kentucky bourbon, to be specific. And then Robbie's like, oh, let me analyze that and just dumps it in himself. And that guy's like, whoa, wow. that was like the last of my booze. <laughs> so he's definitely going to be getting the shakes later. Hard to be a space alcoholic, I suppose. Yeah. But I wonder how much booze he had with him. Not enough. But, you know, he's like, yeah, I need it for cooking. Robbie's like, <laughs> would you like 60 gallons or would 60 gallons do? <laughs> I loved his reaction to that. Yeah. Oh, what did he say? He said something like, you're the only one on this planet that actually gets it or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's a fun, it's fun, fun comic relief. Definitely. Because this movie definitely needs a little bit of comic relief. <laughs> it's it's pretty dour otherwise yeah and and pretty straight laced too it's very uptight do you think oh i'm gonna say like what kind of tight underwear do you think these guys are wearing <laughs> but they have cool uniforms though they do have some pretty rad uniforms yeah they look pretty comfy for the most part pretty um nice uniform for space military ship guys yeah not very evil they don't look very scientific no it definitely seems to be more like just functional uniform i like all their gadgets yeah they got some cool gadgets too like the dude's uh microphone or whatever to talk to yeah that also has a visualizer on it Mm -hmm. because when he was talking to the guy and he showed the daughter (laughs) the guy whistled (laughs) that part was so funny it's like come on (laughs) yeah these dudes are so horny like all of them and i get it like the whole concept of like your 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 old sailors and stuff, bunch of guys on a ship, mm-hmm. they're gonna be getting horny, and they haven't been seen a lady in a while. But also, very nineteen fifty six white straight male attitude with everything with us. Yeah, throughout this entire movie, and I'd say that's the the thing that has not aged well about this as a whole. Anytime there's any sort of romance, I was not having it. Ugh, it's. It's extremely forced. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about that when we get there, because it's going to be coming up soon. Oh, like right now, as a matter of <laughs> fact. Because, yeah, that lieutenant guy, the horny guy, he's trying to convince Altera to kiss him. And she's way too naive. She is like like a child when it comes to this stuff, has no concept. Which is weird, because she talks about how much studying she's done. Like, her dad's super smart. She has a great education, so... Yeah, and she is very smart. But apparently not enough, because she gets fooled. Yeah, but so she ends up kissing dude, but she doesn't even find it stimulating, which is a hilarious thing. Super funny joke. And I was like, okay. I like this this part part of You're like, yeah, Yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah, she's not messing around. I don't think that was their intent with it, though. No. And that's the problem with this. Yeah, and even when, like, the the captain comes around or... Oh, Skipper, commander? yeah, JJ, JJ Adams, JJ Adams. That's his name. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize he had anything other than commander. Uh, but he, 
when he comes around and sees that, he gets all mad at her for it. He gets dude, mad, mad at, at both dude. Yes. Yeah. He's definitely mad at dude. But then he gets, yeah, he does yell at her for being too woman. Yeah. And he yells at her about her clothing. He's like, you can't go around my men dressed like this. And she's like, dressed like what? <laughs> I made these clothes. This is how I dress. Yeah. And I was like, all right, movie. Yeah. Okay. You're definitely not going to just eliminate this later. <laughs> <laughs> and i liked the two like the captain being all like i'm j- i just want to keep all of these horny guys in a straight line but also at the same time it's no surprise he's clearly horny for her of course because she's like stop looking at me that way yeah and i was like ah oh, great him too yes they're all guilty of it which you know what it's okay to look at somebody but it's not okay to gawk at somebody but I think maybe she didn't like the way he was looking at her because like he was a little more, it was probably different. Mm. I'm doing finger quotes when I say that, but she goes off and Altera rants to her father about the commander. She's all sorts of mad about how he like told her how to, she needs to cover up more and everything like that. And Morbius is like, man, I don't want to hear any more of this. I'm going to my, my office, my study, and I'm just going to go chill out in there. And so what does she do? Despite being upset about the situation, she does the good, wholesome Mormon 50s thing to do. And she orders Robbie to make a less revealing dress. I love when she's making it, though, and she's like asking for all these crazy rare materials. <laughs> and Robbie has to be like, will diamonds or sapphires suffice? Oh, because whatever she wanted would take a little too long. Yeah, yeah. To replicate. So she had to settle. Settle. For, <laughs> yeah. Settle for diamond. But she also said earlier she made her own clothing. Uh, no, I guess Robbie's making it. Yeah, I thought that too. Like, come on. It's like AI art at that point. You know, <laughs> it really is. She just gave it the prompts. You're exactly correct. <laughs> <laughs> she can't claim that she made it. Maybe she made that one outfit. But whatever Robbie makes for her, she did not make it. Then we have nighttime at the ship. The guards are outside talking, and one claims to have heard some breathing, but they dismiss it pretty easily. And this is a nice, like, uh, POV shot Mm -hmm. of something going into the ship. And then we get a shot inside the ship where this hatch opens up, and something kind of moves. And one of the guys wakes up a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. They should have had, like, fun girly pics all over the place taped up all over the walls not very mormon <laughs> pin up girls or something it's definitely what they would do now oh man that ship needs a holodeck that's what that needs yeah actually yeah clearly th- these dudes are way too wound up yeah you need a whole extra guy just to clean the bio filters on that thing be his <laughs> only job <laughs> also the worst job in star trek <laughs> yeah in the bio filters yes especially after riker has been in there because <laughs> you know it's gonna get weird <laughs> i was reading something and people were having a discussion it was probably in the star trek shit posting group on facebook but um there's definitely a discussion that came up because of the whole episode where geordie laforge gets the crush on Oh, yeah, it's to fix the, the warp The hologram core. of the real person. Yeah, yeah, he has to fix a warp core, so he fall, and he accidentally falls in love with the engineer who made it. Just the hologram of her. Right. 
So there is a discussion of like how creepy it is. Like, but anybody could, anybody you know, you could make a hologram of. If there's enough information. Right. So also there's a weird like consent issue with that. It's not like an adult film star who understands what their work is for. Yeah, what they're doing. Yeah. You can't just make a duplicate, like a hologram of your coworker yeah. to do things with. And how Star Trek never addresses those kind of weird I mean, it's problems. like it's like in Hollywood, the fight over AI replacing actors. It's almost like that where, yeah, it isn't you, but you're using that same likeness. And that's not OK, because that's still your own personal thing. Yeah. So it takes away from someone's autonomy. Yeah. Of themselves. Wow. We went on a fun tangent. <laughs> Look at you here like, I don't know if it was fun. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're talking about this and the whole time I was just thinking, computer, load up a Diana Troy (laughs) hologram. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) But anyways, I digress because we've got the whole next day situation where the commander is uh, explaining that there was sabotage that happened at night. And he is reprimanding the two guards from outside and the guy who kind of woke up on the inside because clearly somebody got on the ship and somebody should have noticed something. Yeah. And so the commander and I think it's the doc at this point, they go to talk to Morbius, but Altera is swimming and the commander is like, hmm, hey doc, why don't you wait for Morbius to come out of his study and I'll just be right back because I'm not going to do anything weird like peep on a woman questionably skinny dipping, which he totally does, which I was like, is she skinny dipping? I couldn't tell. But she had like some weird swimsuit. Yeah, it was something. On. Yeah, she was definitely wearing a something. I'm sure it was a lot harder to tell back on some 50s TVs. Oh, yeah, probably. It's probably some kid's favorite part of that movie. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much sometimes. <laughs> You can just have an awakening. In that moment, you know. Yeah, little mixed messages here with this because he's trying to, when she gets out, because she just brazenly gets out. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Because she has no concept of the. You Apparently. Know, of, yeah, she doesn't have to worry about being that modest because the only other person there is her dad, a tiger and a robot and a couple of weird deer. <laughs> you know, so she doesn't understand. She has no concept of. I guess, um, social norms. Yeah. I'll just say, because that's all, that's all it is. It's just kind of what you learn. And, uh, she is changing and the commander's like, well, I don't know if I should, Oh, do I check her out? Do I not? He's trying to be like all nice about it, but also like super horny at the same time. And she comes out and she's wearing the modest dress, which I don't know. It looks fine. She's a lovely woman. Yeah. It's a nice dress. She would look good in a lot of different outfits. Right. Also, that definitely is not going to be enough to stop all those dudes from looking at her. Absolutely not. <laughs> I like when she's asking to get her uh, new dress. She's telling Rob, like, oh, I want it to, like, I want full coverage or whatever. And he's like, radiation proof. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Robbie, make that thing radiation proof. Yeah, that would probably be enough. Yeah, that way you don't know if those guys have weird x-ray goggles or anything. We're walking around in like lead armor. <laughs> but yeah, he just ends up like kind of grabbing her and starts smooching with her right away. And she's just like, oh, this I like, I guess. 
all this is just weirdly awkward but it's of that time yeah we're like of course like oh like you know i mean maybe there is an attraction between the two like that's not without question but man like women are just there for dudes thankfully that tiger shows up (laughs) yes the tiger does show up and interrupts the smooch and jumps down to pounce on them and he whips out his blaster and vaporizes it which looks super rad yeah yeah the way that it just the way they just have like the disintegration work Mm -hmm. looks really cool has there ever been another tiger disintegrated on screen um oh i'm gonna say yes there's gotta be feel tiger disintegration has had to happen more than once right in Seriously, right in. I, I, I really want to know if there's any other tiger disintegrations on screen. And she's confused, too, as to why the tiger even jumped at them. Yeah, because she's completely safe on that planet. I mean, whatever was killing everybody before did nothing to her and her father. Mm-hmm. Nothing's ever harmed her. So she's really confused. Doesn't know how to process this. Almost as if it didn't recognize her. Enough is enough. They get tired of waiting for Morbius to come out of the study. So they just can walk right in there. (laughs) And um, I like I like this part because they're just like, well, he's not even here. Mm -hmm. But then the wall opens up and Morbius just comes out and he's makes the joke about them robbing the house. Yeah. Like telling him where the silverware is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which you can't blame the guy yeah <laughs> in some ways but the way he the way he does it ooh, he's such a dick and it's great he's good at it and he he then proceeds to tell them some very important information about the previous inhabitants of that planet and i'm going to play a clip because i don't want to talk about it because i won't be able to do it nearly as well yeah in times long past this planet was the home of a mighty and noble race of beings which called themselves the Krell. Ethically, as well as technologically, they were a million years ahead of humankind. For in unlocking the mysteries of nature, they had conquered even their baser selves. And when in the course of eons they had abolished sickness and insanity and crime and all injustice, they turned, still with high benevolence, outward toward space. Long before the dawn of man's history, they had walked our Earth, and brought back many biological specimens. I see. That explains the tiger and the deer. The heights they had reached. But then, seemingly on the threshold of some supreme accomplishment, which was to have crowned their entire history, this all but divine race perished in a single night. In the 2,000 centuries since that unexplained catastrophe, even their cloud-piercing towers of of glass and porcelain and adamantine steel have crumbled back into the soil of Altair IV, and nothing, absolutely nothing, remains above ground. After he gets done explaining all this, he puts on some Krell music for the guys to listen to, and theremin music. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, we've kind of been listening to the local music the whole time he goes i found this box of crelios their cereal it's over two hundred thousand years old <laughs> i've synthesized krell milk it's like purple <laughs> <laughs> and he's just just bopping his head to get the weird music he's, this one is quite the bop <laughs> oh this breakdown really just gets me every time they find a stash of 
of Krell porn mags <laughs> under his desk. <laughs> what would, I like that, but see, the, whole, the the best part is like, we never know what these beings look like. Yeah, yeah. The only kind of described later is like different cranium size. Mm-hmm. And that their instruments aren't really made for human. You're supposed to have like more arms, apparently, or it would help at least. Yeah, especially <laughs> enjoying those magazines. We found three issues of Babes from the Id. <laughs> Your desk. Care to explain these? <laughs> so then he's like, well, you know, cat's out of the bag. I'll take you on a tour. And I'll just show you all the secrets. Because he takes them like the, the place he came in. It's like a interesting tunnel. He makes some joke, too, about, like, it's a completely normal doorway or whatever. Yeah, it's a weird-shaped door, but to them, it's, like, a normal-shaped door. Yeah. Pretty so, fun. Yeah. A little more sass coming from him. Yeah. Um, and then he shows them, like, the, the neat lab area. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh... They had, like, the archives there. Yes. Which was, like, a, just a ton of their knowledge. And I like how he explained, too, that he he was starting to, like, translate and understand it. And in order to do so, he had to go back to, like, the most simple concepts, like simple geometry and math and stuff, and understand that first to try to understand everything else. But he does say that he learned a lot from him. Yeah, I mean, and, clearly. And he's like, well, that's totally how I built that robot. Is it, though? Because then he shows, what is it called? The plastic educator? Yeah. That's what he calls it, anyway. And... It's a weird device where that's where they talk about the heads being larger, but you can still get it. It's like three glowy orb things on, I don't know what you call them. Metal poles. Yeah, like some bendy mandible thing. So, you know, like on the temples on the front of his head. And he uses like some switch on there and he shows them like, hey, look, I can make a thing with my brain. Yeah. Show you an image. And they're like what that's totally real it's a doll it's a you made a statue whoa he's like no i just projected it from my mind and he's like you know this is must have been a thing that they used to test their intelligence against you know like as children yeah it was cool too they had the thing that would like measure the intelligence too like that little dial that would go up oh yeah it would raise up in the tube yeah yeah and he said like his went up pretty far and he's like, yeah, I'd still be considered a low grade moron <laughs> in their society. Yeah. And then um, they have he, he lets the other guys try it. And the docs is, it is fairly decent. But, you know, and the docs like, hmm, like I know you, from your file that you have like an IQ of. He said he had like an IQ of like 180, yeah. 185. But the doc is like, yeah, and mine's like 162, but yours is still way higher. And commanders was, was like, well, I guess like not everybody's suited for <laughs> like smart things type of comment. Yeah. Which he doesn't seem offended by. But it's definitely a case of like, yeah, obviously that machine's making him smarter. Yeah. He's used that machine. Yeah. He said like the first time he tried to make an image on it, he like passed out for like over a day. I think he said it killed someone too. One of the. People. Yeah. One of the other guys. Yeah. Couldn't handle it. He was too dumb. Yep. Because he wasn't smart like me. Because <laughs> mm. I'm Mr. Smart Guy. But then he takes him deeper inside the structure. And some of the, some of the statistics here for this place. He said 7,800 levels inside the giant shaft. Nice. 400 more just like it. 
and that it it's what did he say like 20 miles in any direction yeah it's a 20 mile cube yeah and this place looks super rad yeah it does very nice like uh composite shots or like um very nice composite shots or like uh um shots with uh, different map paintings mm-hmm. it's a great combination there's moving stuff everywhere yeah there's the one part where um it almost looks like a pendulum or something that like sinks and rises yeah, yeah. and there's green electricity coming from it and while that's animated the camera is changing angles and the animation is like sticking yeah like sometimes you'd think you'd have like a little bit of wiggle no not and it doesn't quite match up quite all that great it is like so so good not to mention too the sound effects too for this place are great really help build that atmosphere lots of sounds and like it doesn't get too busy either you know all that electricity and that tube thingy that's making noise there's still Mm -hmm. characters talking there are other things clattering beeping and there's a great sense of scale too because there's a lot of shots of them from far away Mm -hmm. so you can really establish just how large this is compared to a person yeah and i like the part where he he tells them like look down and the guys are kind of like nervous to do it and they show looking down and it is scary yeah virtually endless it's like a bottomless pit there were railings (laughs) yeah and he said it's run for i think what do you say 200 centuries yeah it's just completely automated self-repairing it does anything breaks down or wears down it just replicates a new part and Mm -hmm. replaces it so it's just there and the amount of power that it uses isn't because they have all these gauges in the lab area and he like turns on some of the equipment and like barely nothing even really lights up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's almost infinite power. He's like, you know, this is like this times 10 times 10 times 10. Yeah. You know, virtually unlimited yeah. amount of energy that is at their disposal there. And he showed him to one of the cores, one of the power cores. And he's like, Oh, you have to only look at it through a mirror though. Humans aren't, made to see you know whatever somebody definitely died by looking in there <laughs> they probably just pushed him down the shaft yeah i wonder how many of those deaths were from invisible forces or the doctor being like hey you should like stick your hand in here <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst that could happen we're doing it for science <laughs> meanwhile back at the the saucer they've sent up a disintegration fence and um it's all around the ship and they gotta take it down so they can let cookie out because cookie's gotta go meet (laughs) get his booze from robbie and um robbie replicated it all 60 gallons of it in individual bottles (laughs) goofy a little too much attention to detail there robbie yeah hey uh cookie was not complaining though Oh, no. He was just trying, like, I don't know how I can carry all of this. Yeah. How am I going to discreetly get this in the ship? Because how do you explain, here I am with a pile of bourbon. Yeah. But something sets off the fence, and you can see it trying to get through. And if you look close enough, there's a face. Super cool. Yes. They kind of, like, are like, oh, like, I don't. Do they notice that? They notice it, right? They notice it, but they don't think anything of it. They just think that it was like the fence acting up. Because they don't see anything. Right. Because why would your commander tell you, hey, maybe you should be aware of, there's possibly invisible stuff killing people. They don't people. even know it's invisible. But the, the Morbius explained earlier. That he didn't see it. 
he didn't see what was ever and he does say that it was like there was an invisible force but he avoids yeah he avoids staying like saying directly that's true he is pretty cheeky about that yeah oh so we get that cool shot of the footprints yes as and every time it a footprint goes in like the music yeah or is it a sound of it who knows i don't know it's so cool so cool one of the coolest shots of this whole movie and just how they just and how it's the camera slowly is panning over to following it Uh uh-huh oh so they had to set up every one of those and everyone had to work yeah i imagine it was something underneath the sand that they were pulling out it would fill in yeah that's how it looked didn't look like it was obviously it couldn't press it they didn't have an invisible monster to have to walk through absolutely but it's a it's a cool effect and then um we also see it going up the steps of the craft and each time the steps bend Mm -hmm. under the weight of this thing yeah that you can't see and then it just shows the entrance and then you just hear somebody scream inside which why didn't it bend the stairs when it first went into the spaceship well okay so i think it's also becoming bigger that makes sense too it's changing constantly yes and i don't think it's necessarily always the same thing it definitely is from this point on but earlier maybe not i don't know it doesn't really matter it all depends on whatever's on your mind i guess yeah then we get the commander and and morbius arguing about what to do with this technology because commander's like a lot of this is going to be super helpful for the human race and should be shared this mm-hmm. knowledge should be shared and Morbius is like, I'm not going to let you just have everything because I know what you're going to do with it. And everybody's just going to use it for profit or for war or whatever. And this needs to be just trickled out. And I will be the one to determine what knowledge and things everyone's allowed to have. Not really a bad idea. Yeah, he said, like, humans aren't ready for this technology, which is very true. It's a lot. And it would be a lot to handle and it would take a long time to really dissect because even he doesn't quite understand it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He he said like he has the most basic knowledge of how their things work. Then we get the next day and the doc has a cast of the footprint, which was super cool. Yeah. I like that they did that. Yeah. And it looks super cool. It's like a foot with a big giant claw on it. Mm-hmm. And that's a fun prop. Yeah. <laughs> And then Cookie has to admit that he was hanging out with the robot all night. Just for ingredients. And also that he was, they know he got hammered too. Because he also makes a comment about how all that booze and how it didn't give him a hangover, but he got super drunk on it. Wow. So robot makes really good alcohol. Yeah. Must be uh, really good, I guess. And um, I wonder if anything else happened between the robot and Cookie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's also a way to eliminate Robbie from being the killer because they said that guy was just all over the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, this, you know what this actually for a sci-fi as it is, it's certainly a horror movie. If it were to be remade, it would definitely be crazier, mm-hmm. but also like you could basically just keep it the same. And yeah. Not really change much of anything. Yeah. I think the best remake would be, well, fixing a lot of the like social issues get some diversity on that crew you know and you know what everybody even for 1956 this is just too white way too white you can still have all the dudes trying to get with 
um what's her name yeah that's fine because that's sadly how it is but maybe make her uh stand up for herself yeah but other than that yeah but if you're gonna have that romance angle just make it feel more natural definitely yeah because other than that this movie would work really well it, it still works well it, it really does and as they're burying um this crew member morbius ends up showing up at the end and you know it's just like man i told you guys like you really shouldn't have come here this mm. is not cool i told you things would happen but you didn't listen to me he's like it's like i can visualize this what's gonna happen next in my head and he's like you know almost like a premonition and the commander takes that more as like an ultimatum as he explains to the doc mm-hmm. and knowing that there's a a force much larger than before or they expected. They now also set up um, these quad blasters, which are pretty cool. Yeah. And um, we should really talk about the blasters. In this. Yeah. Because I think what I kind of like about them is that there's no kickback to anything. And there's almost no noise. Yeah. They're very quiet. Just kind of like, pew, 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 pew. it's just like the tiniest little like sputtery noise. Yeah. And then there's like these cool little, purple dashes that come out but if you think about it if you had some type of like energy weapon they're not wouldn't necessarily be any kickback to it yeah so when they're just like shooting their blasters and stuff and it just comes out it's all that happens it just almost like it just fast dribbles out of there it's, it's weird but these cannons so it's like a big like square and it has like four antennas or whatever you would want to call them projectors barrels barrels emitters emitters that's good yeah and it's almost like a little weird like there's like a seat behind it with a guy who's got like a thing to look through they're almost like a like flak guns yeah like they they definitely give off like a that 50s kind of wartime vibe oh for sure yeah but it, i mean it, but it looks like futury enough yeah and it looks cool and i guess like you'd want that big old block in front of you to guard you from anything coming in also where did these fit on the ship also why do they need them you never know <laughs> let's go check up on these people should we pack the giant laser turrets of course well you know they're probably like you said inflatable or whatever <laughs> <laughs> some guys that sit there blowing it up <laughs> Or they just fold up like space organ. Yeah. So yeah, and they're like shooting down like this like canyon or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's pretty cool. Like again, like just the perspective they put on it looks really good. Like th- there was some time spent on this. Yeah. And oh yeah, this is also where the the conflict between the commander and the previous horny guy just gets resolved, <laughs> and he's just like, "Well, I'm glad it. I'm glad she picked you." Yeah. Any hard feelings? Nope, not at all. But then they get something approaching on radar and they can pick it up and they can't see it, but they blast that the area where it's supposed to be at those coordinates and just nothing happens. And they're like, the the radar guy's like, I still see a blip. There is definitely something there. And um, the scene is so cool. Oh, yeah. Because the creature is at the fence again and it's really like working its way through and you get to see it more like just like the energy from the fence and it's like starting to glow red even as it's like coming through the fence and they're just like 
everybody's shooting, shooting at it, it. Yeah. With their rifles and their pistols and the, the cannons. And it's just completely not affected by any of this. And it's like picking up crew members and stuff like one, it picks up in its like mouth. Yeah. And just like, uh, like shakes them around a bit. This stuff is seamless. Yeah. Those shots of like them getting like swiped and stuff with the claws. It, it, they somehow make like the, this cartoony, what is really just 2d animated creature feel threatening, scary. And also like, it's an actual real thing. Yeah. And a lot of times, Oh man, considering the time period, of mixing live action with animation. It's not that it hadn't been done before, but the way that they use it in this, I'd say it's it's even better than like a, a CG effect because somehow it just appears to be there more. It's really weird. It is. But Maybe. awesome at the same time. Like even if you don't want to watch this movie, you should watch this scene. Like go to YouTube and just find it. It's so cool. And yeah, this thing like dispatches three crew members with ease, including horny guy. So then definitely out of the picture now. (laughs) 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 They didn't even need to have that scene where they resolve stuff. Yeah. So the creature just kind of fades back. And at this time, Morbius is awakened by Altera, who is screaming because she had a nightmare about the crew being attacked. And she's worried about them. So if you're watching this for the first time, there's definitely a case where you're pretty sure Morbius is behind stuff. But also at the same time, if she's having this nightmare, you could question, like, is she even the cause of this? Yeah, yeah. Is there just because she had that connection with the animals? What's happening? Is It's a good mystery. It is. Yeah. Keeps you guessing. Mm-hmm. Or is this just a natural force on the planet? Right. Or are they connected to it somehow? Is she connected to it? Whole time I'm thinking too, why wasn't Morbius and his daughter killed? Right. Why are they for some reason immune to a giant monster? Yeah. And the commander and the doc go to see Morbius and they, like the commander tells the crew, he's just like, we're getting the fudge out of here. Mm -hmm. Like we're not dealing with this. We will take them with us, but we're not staying here. This is way too dangerous. I'm making the decision now. And Robbie's guarding the entrance, but Altera still just lets them in because <laughs> I don't know if they were going to shoot him, but he, he just like disabled their guns. their guns. Yeah. Cause he's like, well, I can't, he's like, he can't harm them, but mm. you can definitely prevent them from harming him. Yeah. Cause there's no way they could take him in a fight. No. Even though it's like, you could probably punch a hole straight through him. <laughs> even though they could probably just run around him. But. Yeah. <laughs> go up a flight of stairs <laughs> hey later on robbie's sitting in a chair so <laughs> he could probably go Anything's upstairs possible um yeah the commander's informing altera about the attack that happened and the doc just runs off unnoticed and then robbie returns the doc like shortly thereafter and the doc uses the machines downstairs in the lab to make himself smarter because you could tell because he's got the mark on his forehead mm-hmm. and he just couldn't handle it he's dying doc tells the commander about the power of the id yeah he's... And, and like they 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 couldn't destroy them they couldn't they couldn't evolve past the point of getting rid of the monsters in their head it was that like they they were seeking to become ethereal like they wanted to obtain some higher level of being but 
they forgot about the monster in the id i think he says which oh my god that sounds so cool yeah yeah and it's just like their primal their most primal animalistic state so they became so they they like wipe themselves out with that yeah because clearly they must have maybe not a similar thing but it was definitely the cause of their downfall and apparently it didn't take long either when they fell they fell pretty quick yeah once they unlocked a certain level of intelligence or whatever yeah doctor said in a day or no the scientist morbius he said that they were gone in like a day yeah and morbius is like you know what this guy was warned not to touch any of this stuff he got what was coming to him and at this point altero's like you're like not being cool about anything and i am going to leave yeah the commander demands that morbius explains the id and i'm gonna play another clip (laughs) because i don't want to talk about Morbius, what is the id? Young man, my daughter is planning a very foolish action, and she'll be terribly punished. What is the id? Id, 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 id. It's a... It's an obsolete term. I'm afraid one used to describe the... elementary basis of the subconscious mind. Monsters from the id. Huh? Monsters from the subconscious... course that's what doc meant morbius a big machine eight thousand cubic miles of cluster relays enough power for a whole population of creative geniuses operated by remote control morbius operated by the electromagnetic impulses of individual krell brains to what purpose in return that ultimate machine would instantaneously project solid matter to any point on the planet in any shape or color they might imagine for any purpose morbius Creation by mere thought. Why haven't I seen this all along? But like you, the Krell forgot one deadly danger. Their own subconscious hate and lust for destruction. The beast. The mindless primitive. Even the Krell must have evolved from that beginning. And so those mindless beasts of the subconscious had access to a machine that could never be shut down. The secret devil of every soul on the planet all set free at once to loot and maim. And take revenge, Morbius, and kill. My poor crow. After a million years of shining sanity, they could hardly have understood what power was destroying them. But what it came to be is that the crow ended up coming up with creation through just mere thought. That was their thing. That's what they were doing. That's how they could achieve all these spectacular things. And yeah, subconscious mind. To the men. Whoops. Morbius is just getting more furious at this point. And Robbie detects that something is approaching. And they're like, all right, well, psh, let's activate the... the all the shield, chunk, chunk, chunk. They get blacked off. On set, they were like, okay, everyone stay still. Some guys ran in, put in one of the big metal sheets, ran back. Okay, everyone stay still. <laughs> Sat there for 20 minutes as they load in all these giant steel plates. It's like when the Bat- steel plates. It's like the 89 Batman on the Batmobile. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or everybody's stupid nanotech helmets or whatever now. I just touch my head and my helmet comes off. Yeah. I don't like it. 
I feel it's a cop out. It is. It's a cop out. Definitely. Iron Man one. He just had to have the helmet on. Granted, it flipped back, but that was pretty cool. And it was pretty cool. Yeah. He could like walk on a platform, and the platform would take all his armor off. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so cool. When he's just like, I'm gonna have a suit on, and then it's there. All the cool metally noises too. Now it's just no push a button. Yep. Remember when it was a suitcase? Oh, I love the suitcase oh, one. I love the suitcase one. That was such a good callback to the comics. <laughs> and it was just... I like how it was, like, chintzier, too. Yeah. It wasn't as, like, intense. Yeah, you can tell that you had to save on space and resources to make that work. And it was silver, too. That was cool. Wow. Iron Man talk. <laughs> yeah, so um, this thing starts tearing into the metal to get inside, which really shouldn't be a thing, but mm-hmm. it's still coming through. And... Um, Morbius is like, Robbie destroyed this thing. Mm-hmm. And Robbie just fritzes out because it can't. Yeah. Gee, you think that perhaps Robbie can't kill it because it is Morbius? <laughs> no. It can't be Morbius. That's it silly. is Morbius. <laughs> That's silly. It can't be. So they decide that they're going to go hang out into the lab. Where they'll be safer because that's where they have the the Krell metal. That, Which that door is super cool. Mm-hmm. And um, even even the commander, like the weird dial thing that they used to like open the doors and stuff. Like the commander mixes it up. He's like, "Why did you do that?" And he's like, "Well, if you know the code to get in, mm-hmm. then that thing knows the code to get in." Yeah. And it's still approaching, and it's like melting through the the Krell steel. Yeah, I like that too because they say like it'll use up as much power as it needs to get to us. Yeah, no and matter what. They show all the dials from earlier and like all of them are yeah, lit up. Yeah, they to get just start lighting up. Yeah, yeah. That's... cool, super cool. <laughs> and that door heating up looked great too. Oh, it really especially did. In the, when you just see it in the background again too. Uh, the mixture of sound effects and the soundtrack. Yeah, coming together at that point. Yeah, where it's just so cool. So then, yeah, I, I, this, this part's just kind of weird because I guess movie has to end. Yeah. And they don't want, like, like, honestly, like, the, the guy should just shoot Morbius. Yeah. He has his gun out on him. I was like, okay, I guess or, that's Or, like, I don't know, man. Oh, no. Well, Robbie disabled it earlier. So who knows how long that lasts. Mm. I mean, you think, like, I don't know. Does it have a stun feature? Could you just bonk him on the head? He's so got a blade on him. He got a little pocket knife. <laughs> <laughs> but Morbius just, like, I don't know freaks out and it just stops yells it away yeah just yells at it and like i don't know has like a small stroke or something or aneurysm i don't know what happens here why didn't the crawl think of that but he's just kind of like dying now and then uh tells the commander to set up a self-destruct and they've got 24 hours to get 100 million miles away and that's it Back everything up, guys. Yeah. We gotta go. It's just hard cut to them on the ship. <laughs> Bringing up the view screen. Hey, look, there's there's your planet, and everyone you know and love was on that planet, and your dad yeah. was there, and all that knowledge. And yeah. it just just becomes a big spot of light. Very right? kind of accurate. I was expecting like an explosion or something cheesy. Big flash of light is probably about as real as it would get. And then he has that speech about well, speech about God. <laughs> Now maybe some someday mankind may achieve those same levels, but learn better lessons along the way. Yeah. Not let our hubris 
whatever. And he was like, know. your dad's going to be a part of that or something. Yeah, don't, don't, don't forget him. What a cool guy. Remember when he was nice to you? He dead now. He was the bad guy. I don't know how I'm going to explain the dust of these uh, other dead crew members' families when I get back. One of their bunks is just filled with the whiskey. <laughs> that would have been great if they were all just getting yep, hammered. All on the way drinking back. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and of course, being a movie from 1956, it just ends. Yeah, oh, and Robbie's flying the spaceship too. Yeah, he, this is where he's sitting in the chair. Yeah. Looking like a cool dude. Super cool. Apparently an excellent navigator. So, um... They get a cool robot out of it. Yay! But I mean, clearly that's her robot. Well, yeah. I mean, by default. Yeah, so that's Forbidden Planet. I don't think we liked any of this. I mean, there's no way that we would gush about this movie in any way, shape, or form, even though it has social issues that haven't aged well. I don't like old movies. (laughs) It's my least favorite sentence someone can say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Brennan... It's time. Say movie and uh, give a recommendation or not recommendation. This is a movie. Asterix, the whole like guys creeping on women thing, did not appreciate any of that. That being said, I can at least acknowledge why those scenes are wrong. And I can acknowledge that that was a very different time. So I can look past it because this movie is pretty great. It has fun acting in it great special effects i mean just super fun like some of the best sci-fi special effects that you can look at you know for that for that time obviously great soundtrack so yeah just a lot of fun i do really recommend this movie it still holds up for the most part and you yeah i'm gonna say this is a movie yeah very positive about this um yeah the same with you i have you know despite all the outdated male female role garbage stuff going on it's a pretty smart sci-fi story and um it's got spectacular special effects i mean that attack is damn near perfection yeah i gotta say like it is really good um it's an hour 38 minutes i think and it it goes by quick but it's also like not action-packed no not at all and that's but it's paced well enough yeah where it might feel like a longer movie only because you're getting more out of it Mm mm-hmm not that you are having to sit through it. It's not really boring. It's still interesting the whole way through, for the most part. It is. Did you know that uh, William Shakespeare gets a writing credit for this? Really? Yeah, because it's based off a play. Oh. Like the basis of it. I guess. I don't know. I'm not a Shakespeare guy. I do like the themes in this movie. Yeah, very good themes. And I feel like a, a lot of people might go, well, th- yeah, no, duh, when they watch this. They go, Ugh. But you got to imagine, though, at the time, like this is, I mean, without having like read a lot of old sci fi, mm-hmm. just basing it off of movies, nobody had this. This made tropes. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine when this came out, people didn't look at it like, oh, it's a cheesy sci fi movie. People were probably in the theaters going, oh, my God, just fully invested in in the storytelling. It would have been amazing to see this when it came out. Yeah. Like how captivating that would be, like on a big screen, mm-hmm. all the colors. The crazy sound soundtrack. I mean, must have blown people's minds. Yeah. I also realized, too, as we were talking, I was thinking about it, because there's that scene where the tiger attacks them, like when it jumps down and gets disintegrated. And I was thinking, like, why was that? Why did it do that? It's the theme of the movie. It's the, it's the primal instincts of the animal. It doesn't care that it knew the girl for so long. It's still just an animal. Well, yeah, I think it was also... Um, 
it was Morbius losing his grip on everything because the attack started up again and everything like that. And I think that part of his abilities was also keeping them safe Mm. and protecting her. And when she started to grow away from him and he was using more of his brain power on, you know, attacking the, the, the other people, it left that one thing to become, you know, it was a vulnerability in that. Neat powers. Subconscious mind just murdering people that you don't like. Yeah. I don't want them here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Very dangerous. Nobody should have it. <laughs> Blow it all up. <laughs> they did. Except for that robot. Who knows what knowledge he contains. It's like when they give like an indigenous tribe like a hatchet. And then everybody dies. Yeah. <laughs> but there is no sequel to Forbidden Planet. <laughs> they unlocked the secrets of, of Robbie and it just caused the collapse of humanity. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have a gender? <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly have sex with this robot if I think it's a dude. Are you uh sure you're not a guy? Robbie's just like, yes. <laughs> Super male voice. <laughs> Drunk Cookie's like, eh, whatever. Any part of the storm, you know what I mean, eh? <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff, though. Very good stuff. I'm glad you picked this out. Yeah, it had been a while. It's been a while since we've done a just a fun, good movie, too. Yeah, and it was good sci-fi. I mean, yeah, it dips into horror, but it's nice to do something where it's just not senseless murdering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was, I have so much fun with those, but, man, this was... This was a blast. I enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. I like made a made a hot mug of tea and had a couple of cookies left over from the uh, holiday. Uh. And I just curled up on the couch and just ate my cookies and drank my tea. <laughs> Clickety clacked on the keyboard, taking some notes. <laughs> go watch it. It's on Tubi. Tubi's free. Yeah, go ahead. We dare you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I suppose we should get going. Wrap this up. Visit our tea public store. Lots of uh, fun things on there. Um, if you saw the picture of us in the Dongle Den that's on Facebook, we're wearing our Pee Wee tribute shirts. Mm-hmm. I designed those. You can pick one of those up at Tee Public if you want. I only wish they could print it a little higher, but that's a tough ask for anywhere. Nobody likes that in screen printing land. <laughs> I know I've worked in screen printing land quite a bit. They don't like it. But uh, yeah, grab one of those if you want or another shirt. Don't care. Get your liquid fart shirt. I still got to get one of those. Um, contact us either through the Dongle Den on Facebook. You can see all sorts of fun memes and stuff. It's a cool group of people there. And um, thanks for our listeners, the Dongles. Without you, I don't know. We'd still probably be doing we, it. We'd but... have more void to just send this out to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. And thank you to our fellow podcasters. Thank you all write us in let us know if there's any other tiger disintegrations you can think of on yes film. i'm i think there's got to be one was there one in crawl mm. it's the only other time i could think of one or did that guy just turn into a tiger i don't know Ooh, maybe crawl's gonna happen next month yeah I don't know. yeah well i haven't seen that movie in a long time oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah i got lots of things to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Oh, hang in there, dongles. Bye. Have a happy new year. Yeah. Not that any of it matters. Nope. It's just a day. Just a just a number we One put more a stamp number. on something.
dead you! Corrupt dead you! Corrupt dead you! Corrupt dead you! I can't possibly have sex with this robot if I think it's a dude.